All right, I should split, my friends. It's good time. All right, I should split. I should split, my friend. It's you in (laughs) two with my dick in your ass, anus, to be specific. Anal sex. Mitt Romney won! Hooray! I knew Romneys could do it. Old Mitters. He's, um... It's about time we had some real change, some real hope for the common man, not the rich, hoity-toity upper class that so-called Barack Obama is always trying to protect. We finally have an everyman in the White House... Where he belongs. Jim. What? Mitt Romney did. He lost, like, really early. Bullshit. Bullshit. I was watching. I was watching Fox News, and they said he won. (laughs) They had. I was (laughs) what? They had a, 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 a television that they could touch, and they said, what would happen if Mitt Romney won? And then. All of America was the color red, and then they said that is what it looks like, and then that was enough for me. I turned off, went to bed, quite happy in the knowledge that I would wake up in in a in, a, in an America of justice and freedom and 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 McDonald's. You that's where you woke up. We have justice and freedom and and tons of McDonald's. There's so many McDonald's. Well, franchises. of course we do now. And Fox News, I was watching it too. I felt really badly for them because they were just stalling for time. They they planned for a lot more uh, waiting, but then Mitt Romney just lost, and they were live and were just saying words that didn't line up with the previous words they said. They didn't want to believe it. The one time, I don't know, my local Fox affiliate, they were pretty good. They were congratulating Obama and talking, showing Democrats being happy and stuff. And they were really mad at um, that Rove guy, Carl Rove. Yeah, he was the guy. He didn't want to. By the way, just to clear up for our listeners, Mitt Romney didn't win. Um, That was just an hilarious (laughs) gag that we did at the beginning. And also, don't worry, this will not just be talking about politics all all episode. Um, Although I've scheduled about 50 minutes to be incredibly smug, condescending, and intensely liberal. Uh, So look forward to that. That'll be a nice bonus extra for you. Um, If you're Republican, even a moderate one, expect to have your religion, belief, and family insulted, while I talk about Obama as if he's going to magically solve all of our problems in 10 minutes. Wow, that's going to upset them. There's, um, there's a lot of people that are very upset. That, no, uh, no, people love won. that. People want in their gaming podcasts a, a <laughs> lot of political talk um, from very smug liberals who, to be honest, don't know that much but have gleaned just enough from Facebook to have some good ideas that they think they have. That's where I'm coming from on this. You know, it is pretty. All the people I've read in my about Twitter three feed. Huffington Post articles, and that's enough to be a political analyst from where I'm stood, sir. Were they about video games? Because they write about video games sometimes. The Huff. 
Yeah. Didn't they once have a guy who said Resident Evil 5 was racist? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. they're all right. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, I was going to say that my Twitter feed was filled with people that were happy that Mitt Romney lost. And it made me think, uh, video games? Is that liberal? It's just video games liberal? There was a couple of people that were mad saying, oh, no, no now the, the lazy, the pot-smoking poor people who are just living off the government dole are going to have another four years of party time. And then there was some other people saying, I don't yeah. think there's that many poor people that are just eating sandwiches and taking government checks. Are you joking? For the past four years, everyone who earns under 20 grand a year have been swimming in giant Scrooge McDuck-style <laughs> money bins. Granted, it's full of food stamps and not money. But they built the bins! I work with uh, a lot of poor people who are mentally ill and locked in a psychiatric hospital. And they haven't been doing too good. It's not been, yeah. Structure. Something tells not me terrible. they've not been having a laugh. Yeah, it's been, yeah. you know, they get like $700 in disability and pay 650 in rent and have $50 it's a month. To, I come from yeah. a very poor family, you know, homeless at one point. Mm. Um, incredibly, incredibly poor family background. Um, kind of dragged myself up to uh, middle class level through, through luck as much as anything else. It's not just, oh, you work hard, you're definitely, definitely going to make all of the money. Um, there is a lot of being in the right place at the right time and just having the right skill when required. It's not just, oh, I'll just keep working, you know, in Wendy's for five years and then I will be CEO of Vane's Capital. That's not how it works. And it's not yeah. that fun. It isn't just, you know, everyone who is poor smoking pot and, and banging all the time. There's, there's, I'm sure there's some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I did, didn't see too much of it uh, where where I grew up. Um, a lot of caravans on fire. Um, there was that. Uh, Who yeah. lit them on fire? Kids with sticks. There was a lot of kids with big sticks, and they didn't care who got in their way. Um, and and people with uncles in prison. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, well, you did work hard, but if you. Let's say you worked really hard at being a weatherman. You were just like, that's what's going to make me, guys. That's what's going to make my life complete, weatherman. You probably still would be pretty poor. Because I don't think you are what people want in a weatherman. Maybe. I mean, who knows? Uh, hard work is part of it. Obviously, you know, working hard can have its benefits. But at the same time, luck's a big part of it, too. You can't just work. You know, there are, some, there are many people who work their fucking balls off and get nowhere. Because they're trying to be weathermen, Jim. Because they're trying to be weathermen. But back to your point, because like I said, I don't want to harp on this. We, I, I feel I should apologize for last week's episode. Some people found it interesting. Others were a bit disappointed that we, we mm. went on the Kevin Dent thing for awesome. a, a long time. Mm -hmm. um, there's an epilogue to that story, by the way, which I'll touch on very briefly later. Um, but for now, just to go back to your thing, I, I think because the video game industry is full of, of relatively young people, Mm. who are very internet savvy. And I think being very entrenched in the internet gives you a good exposure to different worldviews and just a lot more information. I mean, someone who's, who gets all their news off of, off of you know, one of the mainstream American news networks, they're going to get the opinions 
and the spin on the news that those particular networks want. And you get a very insular, insular view. Whereas people online, I think they have a more worldly view. And I think, to be honest, progressive attitudes are uh, part of a worldly view. I think mm. I think that's... I've, it's called progressive for a reason, uh, because it's moving forward. And so those people who are in industries that are very forward-thinking, I think, tend to be liberal. There are well, some, Colin... I mean, it's, it's an entertainment industry, and those have a tendency to be a little more liberal. Yeah. Um, in terms of, of the internet and uh, people getting their information from that and it being um, you know, a broader view, I don't know that I can agree with that. People have, on the internet have a tendency to find things that fit into the worldview they've already established. That's what the internet's really good for. It's finding the thing you want uh, as opposed to all the things that are there. Possibly. I mean, maybe I just speak for my own experience. Um, I think a lot of education... I received because again as I say I was poor I went to the shit school um, so a lot of the education I received came from the internet uh, so I owe a lot of my worldview to how you know the things I've learned from online maybe I'm anomalous in that situation eh, it depends on the person I think both of you guys have been pretty conservative too in the past Conrad and John uh, I'm, some- I, you know, I, uh, I I'm a, a, a- pre-Reaganite Republican. <laughs> mm, yeah. So. And I'm hearing a lot of them say, we've got to really change this whole Republican Party we have. I'm looking right forward now. to that. Because yeah. I, I consider myself very along the center. I lean left, uh, very left socially, um, and a bit right, you know, fiscally and that kind of stuff. And I, I like old Republicans. I like mm. old, like proper old Republicans, not the weird old evangelical mental ones. But like mm. the proper proper Republican guys, and the idea of them pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and saying, okay, well, appealing to the mentals didn't work for us. Let's actually go back to planet Earth and and, and go back to being sensible and focusing on important issues. That excites me. I really would love the next election to have two parties where it's not this big moral line in the sand, and it's actual mm. guys... Both, you know, two parties deserving of attention rather than, well, I can't vote for Mitt because he's possibly bad as a as a human. <laughs> um, but who knows? I mean, you know, there's there are plenty of people that would say Obama is bad as a human as well. Um, yeah, I was we going to say, uh, Colin Moriarty from IGM is intensely Republican. Intensely. He described last night as watching his greatest fears come to life. Um, he considered... Uh, he, he actually ended up um, you know, taking it on the chin, but to him, the whole of last night was a nightmare scenario, which I find weird. Because I've met Colin, I get on with him, funnily enough, even though we disagree on on everything in terms of industry opinions on games and politics. Um, it's weird though, because I mean, you look at him, he's trendy guy, young, works mm. in video games, fucking as right as they go. Um, mm. Interesting. It's an eclectic bunch, guys. Yeah, it is. It's an eclectic I, bunch. I personally think this may be the least important election of all time. Oh, fantastic. We've got a Holmes opinion. Yeah. Oh, I, um, this is going to be great. What? All right, I'm going to stop talking now. What? I don't like I love, it. I love hearing your opinions. No, yeah, please. No, go. don't like it. Um, no. Oh. I wasn't insulting you. 
Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry if that. No, I. You've always come up with a very unvoiced opinion, and I revel in it because mm. it upsets some people. <laughs> I mean, well... I'll admit it upsets me sometimes, but that's the fun of it. Yeah. I don't like upsetting people, and I don't Your like opinions having opinions are like opinion. a box of chocolates. I feel hope. I've upset you, Jonathan. <clears throat> no, I just feel like oh well, it's already been branded like a not human's but opinion. I'm... It's no, like a worldly Holmes opinion that comes from outer space and it's got sexy tentacles. Sex gonna happen and oh, it's creepy and weird. Well, that's Let's fine. Now you're just you're just encouraging it. Now we just really <laughs> want to know. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Now yeah. now I've got this precious. I, mean, I don't want you to be the this. The hooks are in. I don't want you to be this down so early because later we're talking about you getting pissed on. So I need you high now. <laughs> Because otherwise you're going to be subterranean by the time this thing signs off. Oh, I'm still cheery. I, yeah. I feel good. Yeah, okay. I, feel good. I don't want to upset my good friend Jonathan Holmes. Oh, I know you don't. I don't want to upset you guys either. Um, no, but actually, I mean, we'll end on this. Because like I said, okay. I don't want us to go all political this, even though, you know, everyone's talking about it. Um, mm. But I am interested in this view that you find it, like, the least important. That's a very dramatic Yeah, that, that I've been alive for. Yeah, uh, uh, I, maybe of all time was strong, but for my lifetime, and a lot of the people I've talked to, older than me, have said, "Oh yeah, yeah, least important election ever," uh, for their lifetime, fifty and six year olds, because, you know, Obama's not going to be able to do a whole lot, because the Republicans are going to block him, and he's going to he's going to do some things, but not a lot. And then if Romney had been elected, he would he just wants to please everybody so he can get reelected so he wouldn't have done a whole lot because uh, he can't you know, he would have talked about appealing Obamacare and then would have been like, Oh well maybe not because the liberals like it and then eh, I just want to get reelected and he would have just done nothing and sat around and you know, would have been it's gonna be nothing either way, guys. We got four years of nothing to look forward to. No changes. <laughs> nothing. Never yeah. Just that, gonna be the same. That disappoints me because a thousand years of darkness have been promised, <laughs> and that's gonna make things so much easier for me if there was no sun. Wow, it'd be so cold. Oh, I live in Mississippi. I would rather have no sun than all of the sun. Right now, we get all of the sun. The the <laughs> yeah. sun literally lives in the house across the street. It goes to sleep there at night and then comes out and, and flies around in a plane above my house, being the sun. What's that house made out of? Uh, magic. <laughs> anyway, yes. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Potoid. Yeah. Hello. That was that was some the, some fantastic political discussion we've had. It's mm-hmm. very much like CNN. Um, except unlike CNN, you can't confuse us for an Apple press conference. But I'm your host, Jim Sterling. Your, oh. your, your fat fucking friend. <laughs> I'm joined by Conrad Zimmerman. Hello. Your Republican pal. And, oh, who is that? Who's that in his trunks on the beach? <laughs> glistening with suntan lotion. It's, it's, it's the beefcake himself. Teen heartthrob. Jonathan Holmes. Whoa. Does that mean the teens like me or that I am a teen? Because both are not true, but uh, <laughs> either way, it's good to know what you're not. 
I'm definitely not either of those. You know who does like me these days? Uh, Clive Barker. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Hypomanic middle-aged guys are really into me right now. <laughs> Hypomanic middle-aged guys. Yeah, right, like seriously, like I got my hands shaken hard uh, by several dudes who are just like, your physique is amazing. Your physique is incredible. <laughs> the way you look. How how many hours a day do you work out? How do you do that to your body? I want a body just like you, son. I want a body just like you, son. Just like what? I'm what, imagining. What? I'm imagining forty year old men, mm-hmm. slightly overweight, just just enough to get just a tiny overhang over their skinny jeans that mm-hmm. they shouldn't be wearing. Wearing a blazer with sleeves pulled up to the elbows. And and slightly graying hair in in what could only be described as an approximation of a ponytail. Am I am I not too far off? I reckon I'm pretty close. You're one of them, except he's got glow, glaucoma, so his eyes are like bulging out of his head, which oh, makes it all the more intense. He's like, I want to look like you, son. It's really <laughs> <laughs> it's really intense. Yeah, it's a very flattering though. It's it's nice of them. That's uh, good. Yeah. It's, you see, you you you're just. Picking up male admirers um, because you are a hunk. I am as, not a hunk. Whoa! You are a you are what um, you know. Nine out of ten men and women would describe as a dishy dreamboat. <laughs> that is not true. I do think I have a little bit of an offbeat. Like I don't like guys who have been treated like they're attractive their whole life. I'm going to like a guy like him instead. Appeal. <laughs> A little bit, but not not a ton of that. Well, you're going to lose that appeal, Jonathan. I am. Because because this trend is only going to snowball, and you will be treated like the bronzed Adonis that you are. Chiseled. You're, you're what I would describe as chiseled. Oof. No, I'm not. You have Mount Rushmore for abs. <laughs> I really don't. There are faint lines that separate the bumps, but you really got to look, look hard. There you go. They disappear sometimes, and it's just a flat, oh. flabby slab. But sometimes it's a bumpy ride. That is a shame. Once in a while. Yeah, yeah, you could just draw them on. <laughs> that looks, yeah, that's what's hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. I just, I just write abs over my, over my fat. Like, These are abs, definitely. In, in big black marker pen. And then on my arms, I write muscles. <laughs> oh like gosh, what an exciting oh. pod side this is. It's a good one. <laughs> it's we- I, it's it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time because you know not only did Jonathan Holmes win the U.S. presidential elections, and he's now recording live from the White House, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, right. Not only are Americans in every state now legally allowed to marry whatever bag of marijuana they want. Also, we're doing what's going to be the best pod toy ever, because hope and change. Mm. And I have a Wii U in the That's house. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, you got one of those now. Yeah, I smashed it. <laughs> I smashed it with a baseball bat. <laughs> are they are they really long? I did it, it in really front weird. of that. I did it in front of that Triforce Jones guy. I said, "Oh hey, yeah, Triforce Jones guy." I don't know his name. Look at my Wii U. And then he went, 
that's great. And I said, yeah, well, watch this with a baseball bat smash. And then he went, oh, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I've met him a couple of times, and that's definitely not what he would say. (laughs) Really. Is he a fun man? Is he a cool man? Yeah. He's, uh, well, you know, he's, he's treated me very well, but I keep in mind he's networking. He's a networking man. But he seemed very genuine, and it's not like he's making tons of money and, and doing it for, for the cash. He's doing it because he loves it. He really does love Nintendo, and he loves the fighting game scene a lot. He's a uh, big in the New York fighting scene. He does. He's done things that people don't like, I guess. But I don't know if I can believe any of the things I've heard about him. People demanded uh, that, that we don't give him any attention, like no coverage. I think Tony did a story on him and people were coming up to me and saying, don't talk about him. Although, well, I didn't. Um, you know, that's, that's Tony's scene. You know, he covers the, the special interest stuff very well, I, I like to add. Um, and then when I did the Wii U unboxing video... Um, which some people didn't like, which made me sad, but some people liked it. Um, and and some people were like, oh, you've got a Wii U before that Triforce motherfucker did. Fuck him. Fuck his ass. <laughs> and I'm like, as far as I, like, because I don't know that much about him. All I know is he, he sits cross-legged outside shops. <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I, I guess if you voted for Romney, you'd hate anybody who sits cross-legged outside shops. Um, because... You don't like the homeless. But I think Triforce Jones does have a, have a home, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives in New York. I, I believe his name is legally changed to Triforce. Um, Isaiah, I think, is his first name, and it's like Triforce Isaiah now. And uh, he just loves Nintendo and fighting games, and he gets really passionate about it. Um, yeah, that's all I know. Maybe he's done some weird stuff in order to not starve to death, because it's hard to make a salary off of just loving video games yeah. as we all know but, well, uh, his, his behaviour is zany but I wouldn't hold it against him yeah um, but yeah. then again you know we don't know maybe he's fingered a pig <laughs> we don't know what he's done he just walked right into the Nintendo store with a pig under his arm ass facing forwards and he's just fingering it what's the pig doing it's just going <laughs> That's really. And he's I've been just like, shut up, pig! <laughs> and then Reggie Fees and me was like, because he was at the store, and he's just like, hey, guys, of course the pig's gonna squeal, man. You're putting your finger up his ass! He's like, shut up, Reggie! I'm gonna freaking this pig if I want to! You keep my fingers warm! Shut up, pig! <laughs> Shut up, or it's three fingers! Hey, don't do that, man! <laughs> Reggie's like across between Chong and uh, the Reggie, guidance Reggie, counselor. Reggie on me is now Bob Dylan. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore <laughs> gamer! Fingering that pig, man! You're gonna be a Charles Martinet, yeah. Yeah, he's just there. And everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, stop it, Charles Martinet. It's not impressive. We all know you. you we've seen you do that. And he's like, oh, it's a good oh, idea. And he's like, shut up, you attention-seeking old man. I do feel badly for him. He's really, 
he's got one thing left he can do, and that's what he's gonna do. Because what other choices does he have? It's not like he's gonna get an acting job. No. He's just Mario now forever, and Luigi, and Waluigi, oh. and Wario, and yeah. your headset scratching again, really bad. What? Yeah. I didn't even rub anybody or anything. How's it now? That was a bit better, actually. Okay, well, I'm gonna lean. I'm, I've got my hand on my ribs, and I'm leaning forward a little bit and sticking sticking out my calves. By the time we're done recording, like three years from now, if any of us are still alive, you are gonna just be twisted and contorted, <laughs> just this hunched over, basically a Skeksis from Dark Crystal. Just uh... yeah, no, I I do a lot of weird stuff during the show. I'm your friend. <laughs> I wonder if people have watched that movie. I hope they have. Sure is good. I've got a little Chamberlain Skeksis on my shelf of toys. Oh, awesome! That's the one. He's the uh, he get they strip him of all his clothes and then he's just like a nude, sad bird man. Going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, he's good. Yeah, that's a good film. Uh, no. watch, that's part of the Holy Trinity. There's the Holy Trinity. Yeah, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, Willow. Oh, they're the three. The three fantasy adventure films. They don't make films like that anymore. The three fantasy adventure films you should see. Indeed, uh, they're original ideas. They're not based on books or other stuff, TV shows or whatever. And they they're they're not Tolkien, but they're they're uh, in the same vein as that. So if that's something you like already, yeah, it'd be a huge leap to go over to those. I'll tell you what though, we'll be Tolkien uh, when we go to Pact because marijuana. <laughs> I want to hear you did, another you just, political joke next week, boys and you, girls. You were talking about the Wii U for a second, oh, yeah, and you yeah. immediately just started talking about Triforce Jones and fingering a pig sure. instead. You have like the hottest uh, gift in the in the country right now, or one of them. The 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 latest console from one of the longest running video game developers and one of the biggest video game developers in the world. And we haven't heard a thing. Of, come on, okay. You gotta tell um, me how long is that thing? You're absolutely right. Is it real long? Jonathan! Yeah. On the subject of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. When are you and I going to open up our own school of magic? <laughs> I don't know magic. I I've think, seen it. I think, I think all of us. I think all three of us, our fingers are on the pulse of culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, my, and my finger... Right? So deep up the throbbing vein of, of the social zeitgeist is telling me. Well, at least it's not a pig. It's, 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 no. Society is not a pig, but maybe it's getting that way under a democratic government. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Just eating all that government cheese. It made no sense. <laughs> but but that's fine. It's not supposed well, just to fatten up the pig for the slaughter, huh? Hey hey hey! Joke. That Obama is a dictator, and by that there is a K in that for penises. <laughs> Guys, come on, seriously, let's sort it out. And with Trump on this one, let's commit treason, like he said, like he told us. Okay, sorry. Let's get back on topic. Mm. Um, Harry Potter as a franchise has only gone from strength to strength. <laughs> Jonathan and Conrad Zimmerman. <laughs> 
Th- this is my pitch to you. It's only gone. It's done really well. Uh, the last film was like out last year, so we're about due another one. It's got to be within the next six months. And for when the next Harry Potter film comes out, we need to be in place to rake in the cash by opening up our own school of magic and witchcraft and wizards and and Quidditch. They're not doing another. The story's over. There's no more Harry Potters, I don't think. Not yet. Well, okay. I mean, there's more Star Wars, so anything's possible, but... Anything's possible. They're not but, gonna not gonna they're not gonna not do another they've they've turned the Hobbit into three films. They'll make an animated point. series. Harry Potter the animated series, Harry Potter Beanbags, <laughs> Harry Potter official school of, of Well, I say it'll be called that. Um it's 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 gonna be called Dickmouth's School of Definitely Magic. <laughs> Who is Dickmouth? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> It's not you. Don't worry, Johnny. Oh, don't good. worry. Mm. Uh, don't worry. It's just the name of the school. Um, I've been looking at prospective properties to set up this school because we need a nice, authentic school. Um, you know, to, 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 to remind us of the enchanting, wizarding world of Harry Potter and his sorcerous friends. Looking at this property in, um, oh, what's it called? Boston? Oh, that's around where I live, yeah. Yeah, it is where you live. Pretty much, around, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it is where you live, the school. Oh, it's and in my it's house. It's your okay. house, Jonathan, <laughs> because I can think of nowhere more magical. Because you oh. and I have a magical friendship. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. He, Jonathan's confirmed it. His house is a portal of I sorcery. No, no. You, uh, the, the magic. You know, magic is when things are summoned from nothing. And you're, how did this happen? People ask me all the time. So why does he love Uranus? Do not argue. <laughs> like it's, it was summoned from nothing. I have no idea where the exactly, Anus thing came exactly from. conjuration, magic. Do not argue with your headmaster, <laughs> Professor Grumble Ticklish. <laughs> That's me. I'm Professor Grumble Ticklish. Conrad is sorcery ass. Is that one word? Yeah. And you, Jonathan, you're Professor Cock Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> is that one word too? Cock yeah. Knowledge? Now, I'm sure you're wondering, Jonathan. And we're eager with anticipation to hear what your job at the school is. You've got about 50. Jobs? Yeah. Uh, you are, for instance, more or less... We on- are operating on a budget here. It's, not- it's a tight budget. Um, you know, we've got another four years of what's sure to be a busted economy. A common <laughs> a, 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 a koala bear. <laughs> we've got a busted koala bear. And, and I've tried spending it but they don't accept it as money. Um, so you have basically got to be most of the teachers. And by that, I mean all of the teachers. What about uh, Professor Grumble Ticklish and uh, uh, Sorceress? I'm Headmaster. Conrad mm-hmm. is admin. <laughs> Leave what does that mean? Just filing the papers? And... Don't, don't ask questions. 
there are records that will need to be maintained, obviously. There's dealing with the insurance nightmare of having uh-huh. children casting spells all around us. I'm going to be very busy, Jonathan. Yeah. That's, okay, okay. Sorry to also, Administration is magic all in its own. Yeah. And I'll be too busy, A, running the school, and B, doing my second job. We're all multitasking. Okay? What's your second job? Don't you worry about it. We'll deal, we'll deal with it later. Right now, you've got several syllabuses, or syllabi, I don't know how you pronounce it, to work on. You've got an entire learning curriculum. For, for one, you've got the most important job, the most glamorous job in the school, Defense Against the Dark Ass. The Dark Ass? The Ass? Defense Against the Dark Ass. Some say the position is cursed, but it, it's mostly not. Um, after we've gotten the kid, uh, <laughs> so, I'll be. Wait a minute. Yeah. Some say the position is cursed, but it's mostly not. <laughs> what part? What part is still cursed? What do I? I like teaching. I like children. I like helping them out. Yeah. I'll be honest. For the past ten minutes, I've been talking and then thinking about what I was going to say about three seconds <laughs> after the words came out. So I don't know anything that I've said so far. <laughs> you want me to teach the class that's to protect against the, the dark, dark ass. ass. Yes. Defense against the dark ass. Right. Okay, I'm caught up now. Um, okay. We've got kids. We're going to get kids in. I'm going to take out adverts. I'm going to take out like local advertising in Boston in movie theaters for kids' movies. You know, the kids will go see Wreck-It Ralph. And beforehand, there'll be, you know, local ads coming up on the screen. And one of them will be, hey, kids, would you want to do magic with some responsible adults looking after you? Of course you do, you prick. Come down to Dickmouth School of Magic, of definite magic, at Jonathan Holmes's house. Dickmouth School of Magic, of definite magic. He won't hurt you, kids. I guarantee it. Are we do do the three of us physically appear in this advertisement so they see um, what they're getting? It, it, I'm, I'm uh, no, I, I actually I can never show my face at any time during any of this. <laughs> That's not that surprising. Yeah, yeah. he's admin. It's very important. <laughs> uh, we'll probably get Charles Martinet to do it. Martinet, or however that's it. He, I think it's Martinet. Yeah, yeah, he can come out. You know, just. Don't worry, kids. No harm will come to you. Now, you've got to tell your parents to give you $50 and come to this address, and then your address will flash up on the screen, and, and give them to the fat man there. Um, it's got to be in cash, no checks. Don't, don't be dicks about this, kids. Don't, don't cock us over, okay? Don't, don't penis our lives. What is supposed to happen after they get $50 from you? <laughs> then they're inducted. <laughs> Write their name on a raffle ticket and put that in a box so that we know they're registered. And then they gather in, in your room, your, your main room, which we will call the main hall. They'll have, first of all, the start of term feast. Hot pockets and American cheese. Which we will call... Hocus Pocuses and a magical cheese. <laughs> and then it's time for lessons. Defense Against the Dark Arts with Professor Cock Knowledge 
Um, we've got the kids all arranged um, in little chairs, which I can steal from another from a real school. Um, and then you teach them to defend themselves against the dark ass. Now, this mostly consists of you um, <laughs> with your trousers around your ankles oh. and, and underwear. Don't worry, Jonathan. Don't be upset that I just said trousers. I mean your underwear as well. Uh, My underwear's on or off? Uh, totally off. Oh. Don't worry. You won't have to wear underwear for any of this. I know that, that that's probably a condition. I like wearing underwear. Well, I wear it all the time. Well, get used to it, sister. <laughs> You'll be sent over sister, the no. desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reach behind yourself. Pull your, your ass cheeks apart and show the kids your anus. Oh, is that the dark ass? <laughs> That's the dark ass. And then, and then um, I'll be there smoking, obviously, smoking a cigarette. And then I'll just be shouting at the kids to just put stuff up there. Uh, just, kids, whatever you've got in your pocket, just, just I've got some cigarettes. Here, have some of these. <laughs> Smoke half of them and then put the rest up his ass, um, just to protect yourself. Just to- <laughs> what are they protecting? This is defense against my ass, and all that means is hurt my ass with objects. Well, the ass I- is in the wrong hands, in the hands of the Death Eaters. The anus can be a powerful weapon. You've got to block that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't gotta stop evil spells coming out of it. And I'll tell everyone, I'll say Jonathan Holmes' ass is full of evil spells. Mm. Horrible, stinky, soggy, sloppy spells. And you've gotta block that shit up. I mean the, the main aim here is to ensure that you like just nothing's coming out of you, Jonathan. Out of that portal of, of, of disease and fetid filth. I try to keep it relatively clean. Cigarettes, bouncy balls, um, crayons, uh, cotton balls, uh, marshmallows. Oh, they're not that bad. Yeah, they're not too bad. Um, Chinese finger traps. <laughs> just, just anything the kids have to hand. They take in turns to just just poke a little thing up your ass while you um, are just going like that. And then I'll be, you know, chain smoking and just shouting, that's good, kids. That's good, kids. Just get it deep up there. Um, And then once we've really, once there's no more able to get up there, then the kids just turns just shouting at it. Just, (laughs) you disgusting fucking ass. I can't fucking stand you. I can't bear you. They're doing, you know, these are magical invocations. Um, oh. And that's the ritual. That's defense against the dark ass. It's... Mm, realistically, I'm going to be really uncomfortable because my whole colon and it's going to be filled with crayons. and yeah. So they might start to come out again. I'm not going to have much motivation to keep <laughs> all of this stuff in my internal organs. I'm going to want to go to the bathroom well, and get the, out of there. That's the thing about the dark ass. I mean, if you fight the dark ass, the dark ass is going to fight back. And then I'll be like, just, don't you let that shit drop on the floor, Wilson. You pick that crayon back up and you stick it up there and you make sure it stays this time or I'll put this cigarette out on your arm. 
really mean to Wilson. Uh, is there any love? That that's a love. It's just silent the whole time. It's so creepy. Can there at least be some? I don't know, some Beyonce music in the background, single ladies or it's independent ladies. Inspired. Yeah. Uh, Conrad could talk through us the the tannoy the speaker system will set up and just go do 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 you guys go ahead i'll just keep that's, <laughs> that's not creepy is it john williams only knew that he worked that whole year writing so music got, for harry potter we've got you bent over pulling your cheeks apart while kids push objects your ass while while a mustachioed man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a new nightmare scenario. Now, it's J. no K. one Rowling. J.K. Rowling couldn't have written it better herself. <laughs> that's true. And that's just one lesson. <laughs> <laughs> After an hour of that, we move on to potions. Uh, you, of uh, course, Jonathan, are are a skilled potions master, just like Slinkerous Snakes from Harry Potter. Played, of course, by Alan Rickman. Rickman? Yeah. Rickman. I was I was gonna say someone else who wasn't Alan Rickman, and then realised Alan Rickman's pretty much the only actor I know, so I couldn't do the joke. Um, Tim Allen. There we go. That would have been funny if I had said it five minutes ago. Sekiro Snunk, played by Tim Allen's, and you, Jonathan. Of course, that character was based on your life because you are a skilled potions master. Now, of course, I know what you're thinking. What does being a potions master entail? <laughs> First of all, don't harbour any pretensions of wearing clothes. You won't be needing those. <sighs> <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> you wouldn't want to wear the clothes. I really would. I, no, I want every you Not when you find out what being potions master entails. Really? Yeah. Uh, basically, we need you naked, face down on the floor. Your your bare rump exposed oh. to the realm, and your, no. your 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 bare back, just silky back. Um, you'll be face down, arms at your sides, head more or less like just your face pressed against the floorboards. Um, the kids gather around you in a circle, um, whip their little peanuts out, and just urinate on you while you go, oh, oh, good lesson, kids. <laughs> that is awful. That is awful. I thought it was. I don't know if you know this. You'll teenagers. Come you'll come teen- out and you'll say, Hello, boys and girls. I'm Slinkerous Snunks. <laughs> and I will teach you to do a potion. Am I wearing clothes at least when I'm talking to children? You'll be undressing as you say this. Ugh. I will teach you to bottle frame. Drink magic and brew a saucy ale. I think he said something like that. Yeah, he talked a lot. At any any rate, you end the speech by saying, have a look at me ass, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you get piss all over it. (laughs) And then then your face down on the floor just going, ah, good lesson, kids. Oh, keep him. <laughs> and I tell you what, if you want to 
to a little poo as well. That's fine. Oh, no, it's not at all. Um, anyway, um, only half the class is doing this. Because the others need their piss. Because they're going to put their little fellas right, like, just in your ass. Mm. Piss up it. They're mm. going to squirt that out into a jug and drink it. <laughs> Can you do... Oh, Can you do uh. that? Can you... Why am I asking this? Can you pee? Because you have to have a certain level of... Um... You, you can't be explain it. Yeah, I guess I will. Your 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 uh, your P shaft. Your, let's call it. Yeah. Your, yes. The urethra. It's got. Your, your, well, the whole the member there. Fire. The penis. It's got to be kind of uh, ready to be inserted into a to a hole. You uh-huh. see. Yeah. And you, can you pee when it's all the uh, thick and engorged like that, guys? We'll it's hard. What, you don't bit. wake up in the morning with some morning wood and have to relieve your bladder? It can Pee be. You've just got to put a bit more effort in. And that's, of course, <laughs> that's of course where the, the wand um, lesson training. comes in. Yeah, wand training exercises, right? Training exercises. Oh, wow. You, this, we're really talking about Where you so. line the kids up, their trousers around their ankles, and just, just, just pop them in your mouth a bit. Oh no! You can't do that, Jim. You can't. Why not? Well, for a lot of reasons. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> Everything has been bad, but that's even worse. It crosses the line, doesn't it, Jonathan? It sure does. It crosses... uh, no, children no. abusing you is weird and gross, but. Being but, yeah, like the that's one, actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, <laughs> and the the thing is, is we, I, I would never actually ask you to do that. Um, I'd ask you to get them ready to do that, uh, which you will. Um, what does that even mean? Well, <laughs> get them ready. Just like coach them. <laughs> well, it's, it's weird before happen. before you pop it in your mouth. Ugh. You won't get. You won't have to do that because that's when my second job comes into play, and I will get to end the lesson. Um, because I'm also Voldemort, Jonathan. Oh, okay. Um, that's a twist. That's it's it's a it's an M Night Shyamalan's twist. I'm telling you that much. Um, basically, I want to say every 48 hours or so, I'll be outside with a black dressing gown on, just going ooh ooh. Harry Potter, oh, 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 I'm Voldemort, and I'm going to do an evil at the school. Oh, I'm quite a bad man. And that's when I throw the petrol bomb through your window. Um, <laughs> that's very... And the, the kids have to put all of the, everything they've learned into practice to fight the fire. Oh, wow. I'm outside just going, Jonathan Holmes's house is on fire! <laughs> like we that. may want to put snack time in between these activities. You know, just so, so they, they got the ammunition. <laughs> yeah, you've already... Wow, you're three steps ahead of him. I was thinking, what, have, what skills have they learned? They've put crayons in my rectum. They've peed and pooed on me. Yeah. And I've just, like, sat there with their genitalia in my mouth. 
Those are the skills. I don't want you putting their genitals in your mouth. You just have to tell them that's what you're going to do. Oh, good. Like I said, the pet... That's fine. Yeah, yeah. half your apartment will be on fire before we get to that. Oh, wow. This is deeply disturbing. And then the kids will put everything they've learned into practice to, to fight off the magic. The hot, consuming, furniture damaging magic that has been... And you'll be there, Jonathan. You know, waddling around with your, your your pants around your ankles, just going, um, you know, oh, fight the fire, kids! Uh, <laughs> wait, no, not the fire, the magic. Fight the magic with with everything that you've learned. <laughs> That's really ineffective help, because I could actually help put out the fire. No, and... you gotta let them. You've gotta let these kids. <sighs> They're never gonna learn to fly on their, you know, unless yeah. you let them. You have to throw them out of the nest. I mean, Jesus Christ, if they're not ready for that by the time we do teach them to fly, it's going to be all terrible business. Because otherwise, uh, they're not prepared. By the time it comes to flying lessons, we'll just be pushing kids off off of the roof of of an apartment building, (laughs) holding toothbrushes. And we're not going to do that until they're ready to be pushed off of the roof of the building. Because then they'll fly and get the golden snitch. But before then, you've got to be stood there naked in an apartment on fire saying, Oh my god, what has Voldemort done? Fight the magic. While I'm outside just going... (laughs) It's just like learning math. You can't, you know, just go right into trigonometry. You have to build up with arithmetic. There are foundational things that need to be laid. Like you being... There to encourage them to piss out your burning apartment. We've got another four years of a democratic government, Jonathan. How are these kids going to defend themselves? I can't. How do you? How do you guys even keep talking after the <laughs> part where is like you put children's genitalia in your mouth? I never said that. At that point, and you'll I, tell them that. I never said. That. <laughs> And this is this is something important you've got to learn, Jonathan. This is how I can do it. It's called car- compartmentalization. Harold Chipman used to do it. So I think did Joseph Fritzl, um, where you just separate everything you say and do into tiny little boxes that never interact with each other, so you can go on living with yourself. That's how I basically survive from day to day. And I think you would be a lot happier if you did that as well. Um, and that would make it a lot easier, I think, for us to go along with a with a plan where your apartment's on fire and children are pissing on the fire to try and put it out. You're going to die, too. Oh, Jonathan. Because the fire will burn them. Did, and, anyone, and did any of the kids die in Harry Potter? Yes. No. <laughs> the main it's three kind ones, of but uh, not first Diggles, Diggly or something? I can't remember. The, the one who's played by the hunk from uh, Twilight there. He died, right? And then yeah, the, one of the twins. Like, that was like five movies in. Holmes, oh. Holmes, Holmes, you're an amazing teacher. And I know <laughs> that these kids are going to be ready. This turn, it started off as like the, the first of these ideas that I could like comfortably just be like, this doesn't make me feel like I'm gonna, like my stomachs are all in knots and I feel awful and visioning. This is a cute little idea, a little weird, but, and then it just turned into the Serbian film of Jim Sterling, Jonathan Holmes' ideas, just the grossest, saddest, 
Wow. This has really been Jonathan. a terrible... Yeah? Jonathan. Uh-huh. But this is why I, I, you know, I was worried you'd be a bit sad. Because as, as Conrad said, you, you're not... You need more self-confidence. You need more... <laughs> You're really That's doing, my problem. Yeah, you're, you're really putting yourself down that you think, you know, children are going to die and you're going to be arrested and you're going to be homeless and and I'm going to have to skip the country. Uh, I think I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're a, you're a good teacher, you're a good man. And and if there's any other problems, it is hard to feel like something bad happening during that music. It yeah. does does fix all the problems in a way. Yeah. So anyway, you, what about the Wii U? Can what? you? You've just had a Wii U in your house this whole time, and instead of talking about it, or you've been. Uh, You're right. No. 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 Okay. <clears throat> How is it? How is that Wii U? So Willem Dafoe plays Caster Trite. And I like where this is going already. You sold me. On the run from Special Agent Hank, (laughs) played by Brendan Fraser. Mm, Yeah. Hank is furious at Caster Troy for killing his son three minutes ago. It's the three-minute anniversary of his son's death, and and Brendan Fraser says, at this point, on this third minute anniversary of my son's death, I swear to you, I'm gonna take that no good caster trident and avenge my son. And then Willem Dafoe says, don't bet your ass on it. I killed your son and I'm gonna kill your other one. They're, they're fighting. <laughs> they're, Why doesn't he kill him? Why doesn't he kill Brendan Fraser? He's right there. They're fighting on top of um, Metal Gear. Oh, cool. I like Metal Gear. <laughs> Just, this is how the film starts. That's, this is start, <laughs> Jonathan. Imagine how it's going to end. With, with that high. Yeah. To be fair, all the budget went on this bit. So it probably will be very disappointing for the rest of it. But it, it starts fantastically. They're, they're trading punches and the music's going, I gave my life, not for honor, but for you. <laughs> oh, a snake eater? <laughs> eat a tree frog, eat a tree frog. And bash, I'll punch you in the face, don't kill my son, you bad bastard. And then Willem Dafoe, ow, oh, I can't believe you hit my face. Now I'm going to hit yours. Bash! Punch him. That goes on for an hour. <laughs> Just punching a tree frog. Bash! Bash! You killed my son! Yeah, I'll do it again. Bang! And they both fall off and die. What? Those or, are the only two characters we had in the movie. Or do they? Oh, phew. Brendan Fraser. I've already forgotten their names. Wake up. Wait, Brendan Fraser's character wakes up. Hank, I think. Hank. Hank wakes up and says, Fuck! Fuck me in the ass! That was a fantastic fight full of special effects and great music! But I fell off Metal Gear and bashed me head. And that's why I've got a bandage on my head. Where is that cast I try? It is the fourth hour anniversary of my son's death! I'm gonna kill him for that! And the doctor 
played by Alan Rickman, uh, says, he's in a coma. He is in a coma because his head fell off. But it's okay because his brother is in prison now. What? Why does that make it okay? It's okay. It's okay. Because his brother is in prison now. <laughs> and he's got a bum. And you're going to find out where the bum lives. That's not okay. <laughs> There's nothing okay about any of that. Brendan Fraser says, well, how are we going to do that? How are we going to find out where the bum lives? In Los Angeles. <laughs> Rickman says, we're going to use special medicine. What? From doctors. From doctors? From doctors. Ooh. <laughs> Doctor medicine. <laughs> We're going to use special... Getting scientific. Watch out. Hold off on the techno babble. You'll lose people. From doctors. <laughs> to take Castor Troy's penis off. Mm. And, and put it on your penis. No. Oh. So that people think that you are Castor Troy. It's face off for penises. And Jack off. Jack off. And That's right. And Brendan Fraser says, fair enough. <laughs> no, he doesn't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to shout. There's no, Bung no one. Bung the head with a hammer. Cut my cock off with a pair of scissors. And glue his one on. No one says that. Which they do, and the music's all... And they bunk Brendan Fraser on the head. He falls unconscious. They snip, snip, snip with a pair of rusty scissors. Willem Dafoe's cock off while he's asleep. Just, ah, I'm asleep. I thought he was just... This is his brother. Who is this? It's very easy plot to follow. Uh, they put super glue. Well, actually, just that that bear, the honey golden gum, um, the in the bear shaped bottle, and they they smear a load of that glue on the end of the knob, and they slop that on Brendan Fraser where his old knob was, and then he wakes up and he looks at his penis in the mirror and he goes, "Oh no, you son of a bitch! How did you do it? Now I look just like Castor Troy." And he goes into prison. Uh, to meet his brother, played by, oh, I don't know, John Goodman. Oh, he's a good actor. And, and John Goodman says, uh, hey, I, 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 it's my brother. Uh, <laughs> he starts the greeting. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, it's, uh, it's my brother. I don't know what he sounds like. Um, the bomb is in the convention center. <laughs> and then... I cut to the chase. That's good. <laughs> Brendan Fraser says, Okay, I know where it is now. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Willem Dafoe wakes up, says, Where's my fucking cock? <laughs> oh, there's one over there. I'm going to glue that on. So he glues it on and puts it on in between his legs. And he goes, Oh my God, now I am Scottish. Oh my god! I look just like Hank. I'm gonna have sex with his wife, and he has sex with Hank's wife, and then the film is over. 
<laughs> no bomb plot resolution. No it's pretty finale. Hard. No revenge for the dead son. No. Hank, Hank, Hank learns where the bomb was, and William Defoe had sex with Hank's wife, which was of course played by Deborah Matsing. I was yeah. Yeah. So, I'd watch it. I hate these films. <laughs> and there we go. That is Face Off Two back in the habit. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, from Sister Act Two, which people may not know. A lot of our listeners are were born around the time that Sister Act Two came out. I think. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. How so? So, I'm gonna act like this is the first time I've asked Jim. You got a Wii U. What is that like? You've got one. A Wii U. It's not even out yet in stores. Yeah. Um, so last week, people were a bit upset because I kept talking about Kevin Kemp. <laughs> and I'm not going to keep talking about him. <sighs> but we resolved that. We had another argument. Uh, yeah? Yeah, in which I he, he told me that some of the stuff I wrote was genius. And... Then I wrote stuff that was fucking stupid. And then I said, well, I can do both. And then that was it. <laughs> so he it tried ended, to... It ended quite friendly and respectfully. Go, uh, is he one of those guys? Because I've been feeling like I shouldn't be on the, the internet anymore. Started causing trouble in my neighborhood. <laughs> I've been interacting with more and more people on the internet yeah. who feel like the internet isn't real, like we're all just non-playable characters, like how in Shenmue you can just come up to a guy and like rub him and continue to ask him the same question over and over again. He's just like, I've been too tired lately. You know that guy in Shenmue? It's a pretty good game. Anyway, uh, more and more people on the internet are like treating me and treating other people like, oh yeah, I can just call him a fucktard and fuck you and I'll say all terrible things and uh, tell you you're an idiot and make fun of you and blah, blah, and like, but, but you know, you're, you're really saying these things to everyone and making people feel terrible. Like how Kevin Dent was just like, oh, Jim Sterling, fuck that guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not taking any consideration for the fact that you are a human being who will read those words and maybe respect them because you respect other people he's just you know and now he sees you as a person a little bit i guess so he said something nice and now i mean what's this deal what's the deal with the internet what's going on why is it like this i hate it <laughs> why can't everybody just be all right you know it's yeah. all i want well i think it's especially when you're a prominent person on the internet or i, I, I a public figure that mm. sounds makes you sound more important than 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 any of us three are, um, mm. but you know there is a, a, a slight element of publicity to it, and I think people start to see you just as a character, and not as as you say as an NPC more than a, a person. Mm. It's part of the reason why when I sense some intelligence, not when they're clearly a lost cause, but when I sense some intelligence in a person, I will just try and talk to them. You know, if mm-hmm. they're spouting shit. People t- have a tendency, I don't know if they do this with you guys, but they certainly, with me, have a tendency to talk about me like they know who I am. <sighs> Even if yeah. we've not exchanged any words before. There mm-hmm. are a few writers in this industry who have written about me before, and they talk about me, they, they'll talk about my private life as if as if we're friends, or, or they've been to my house. Um, you know, they'll talk about 
they'll talk about me psychologically or, or even my relationship history mm. um, and all these things and, and how I deal with my family and what my opinions are of, of different lifestyles and whatnot. Um, and I'm like, I, but, but we've never interacted and I've never said the things that, that, that you think I think. Mm. Uh, and people tend to do that. And that's why I like to try and talk to these people and just explain, you know, you, you don't know me. And and that's why you can't really say what you say with any authority. But there you go. Yeah, um, they do feel like they know us. A lot of people have been saying that to me lately. That, like, I followed all your stuff. I even watched that crappy Sundays with Sagat show. And I feel like I know you inside and out. I'm like, that, that's, that feels like I did a decent job, I guess, if I did stuff that you wanted to watch and think about. But it, I'm pretty different in real life. That's just like... Like, if you only knew me from, you know, the stuff I do when I, I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth and having a little scrub and stuff like that. That's that's how much... Oh, the that's the I dream. Do. Oh. That's the dream I was just trying both. to think of a place I'm only in for, like, yeah. 15 minutes a day. Well, I, I, like, to think, to, I yeah. like to think that the people that listen to us get to know us on some level. You know, sure. I try and be... You know, friendly with people. You know, I'll add anyone who asks on Facebooks or whatever. And a lot of people seem to act like that's some big step. They're like, oh my god, thank you for letting me be on Facebook. And I'm like, well, you're welcome. Because um, I try and be put a lot of myself into these things. Just as I try yeah. and put a lot of myself into you, Jonathan. <laughs> it's a genuine side of who we are, but yeah. it's just not but, the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's, my, it, my yeah you yeah. can't make an informed opinion of someone's entire belief system um, based on what they have said about video games. Mm, you know. Mm. Um, but, you know, whatever. Like I said, most people tend to be pretty reasonable if once you actually engage them and talk to them and they're like, you know. Yeah, I found that to be true too. You become a person to them relatively quickly in most instances and stop being yeah. a non-playable character. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the Wii U, Jim? Come on, have you even played it yet? Or is that why you haven't said anything? Are you just looking at it? And how long is it? Tell me uh, how long it is. Let me go through my stupid page of notes to make sure I can actually say. Things. Oh yeah, you might not even be able to say how long it is. Okay, to post preview coverage on individual games. Oh, so I can talk about the games. Okay, oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm I'm clear to talk on a preview level. Um, okay. Which is all I could because I've only spent a little bit of time with each game. Um, okay, I won't put this off any longer. So people are expecting me to do it now, but so. yeah. I'm not gonna. Wii U, <laughs> Wii U. I have played it and and I'm pleased so far. How many games did you get? Uh, so far in the office, we have um, Super Mario Brothers U. New mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers U. Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Nintendo Land. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, Sing Party Motherfuckers. <laughs> no, it's Just Sing Party. And Just Dance 4. Oh. And also I got in a separate package. The one we've all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> Madden NFL 13! <laughs> oh, shit! Get on now. I'm not joking. When I opened the package, I held it aloft and just went, Yeah! <laughs> I actually did that. 
you're the only one, or do do a few of you have them? You don't have one, do you, Conrad? A Wii U? Nope. No. A no. few people on staff have them, or just you, Jim? It's it's just me. It's like one yeah. per outlet. Ah, oh, so it's you got to review all that stuff. And they've sent a novel of of Madden information with this. <laughs> None of which I'm going to read. I don't want connected career starter guides and review guides. I don't like review guides. I oh, they're leading sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. be led led by my little penis mm. along a meadow by John Riccatello of all people. I like them for reference after I finish the game to remind me of character names and things like that. But beyond oh, yeah. that, they're pretty. Yeah. Mm. In, uh, but yeah, so I, I spent a little time with Mario U, U and and Nintendo Land and Razor's Edge. Um, is it, people are saying the Razor's Edge, well, they really improved a lot of things. Dismemberment is back, and you know they they made it less about uh, enemies cowering and and seeming to treat you like you're a terrible person and stuff like that. No, same thing. All game content can be covered. <laughs> okay, I'm at liberty to say, I wouldn't say they improved, but they changed. Ah. Uh. Uh, yeah, uh, they they added. Um, whether that's an improvement or not is is let's just, let's say the jury is out. They did mm. put in dismemberment, but in a way that makes it look like they kind of photoshopped the dismemberment <laughs> over the original game. It looks there's just something off about it. Maybe it's just me knowing what the original was like, but seeing mm. the limbs fly off it. It's almost like the game equivalent of, of, a, of a 1980s slasher horror movie when a plastic arm's like gets lopped off and you know it's a plastic arm. There's yeah. something very awkward about it, very different. There's just this foreign look to it. and But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I've only played the first um, level. Uh, oh, okay. Might get better. And, you know, it's, it seems mostly Ninja Gaiden 3. As, as it was, but with a few different... I like that, that you know, they put the the, the other weapons in, because the, the multiple weapons in Ninja Gaiden 3 on the 360 PS3 was, like, available as a free download later, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. which was just stupid. Um, but, you know, after five minutes, I've got the, the, the claw, the talons, um, which is my favourite Ninja Gaiden weapon, so it's not just the sword. So that should help. Um, but yeah, otherwise, again, I don't want to go too too detailed into it because sure, sure, I haven't sure. played that much of it yet. One thing I find interesting is for third person action games, that pro controller may be necessary because when it comes to a game like Ninja Gaiden, it's mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the gamepad's the right fit. The gamepad is excellent as a controller; it's excellent. But I have a feeling the best games are going to be the ones that obviously work solely for the gamepad. Mm. The ones that are designed with it in mind. Uh, this game, you know, this is a game that was for a, a traditional, we'll say, controller. Ported over for use with the gamepad. The touchscreen functions are stuff that is more easily accessible using the button alternatives. Mm. Um, which the gamepad, in all fairness, allows... It's not forcing you to do one thing. It's got icons on the touchscreen, and it's like, press this to do Ninpo. Uh, but if you want to do Ninpo, you can just press a button as well. 
Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, press this for ninja sight to see, you know, when the camera shifts and shows you what direction to walk. You can press the icon on the touchscreen, or you can just push in the right stick on the mm. gamepad, and it does it. Um, but those sticks, they are a lot closer, in my experience so far, to, say, the PS Vita's sticks than the 360 PS3 sticks. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, fine tuning that you can do with them, um, and that's become very evident in the first chapter of Ninja Gaiden when there's that bit where it's like walk, just tilt the stick slightly to walk slowly to stealth about, and it doesn't quite work because just the slightest twitch and he goes from a walk to a run because mm-hmm. they are very stiff controllers, um, sorry, very stiff sticks with not a lot of nuance to them so that's something to watch out for i think Hmm. um otherwise um i've i've played a bit of nintendo land it's interesting it's clearly you know it's doing what it does it's a tech demo it shows stuff off you do the multiplayer or the single player Uh, so far single player i've been waiting Ah. for family to come in so we can try the multiplayer um Hmm. Yeah, I had to go on the the Zelda-y thing. Oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's the only weird thing is is you it almost feels like you're wasting your television because those things require you to look at the screen mm-hmm. and not at the TV screen. And after waiting so long to see Nintendo games in HD, you feel you're just constantly looking up at how beautiful it looks on the television. And then you've got to quickly look back down to play it, and you're just ah oh, oh. uh, no, but I want to look <laughs> that's there. The, oh. Is that the arrows one? Yeah, and it's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous on the HD because you know Nintendo they make games with colors in them, mm. and colors look fantastic in HD. Your Gears of Wars and your Kill Zones they can look beautiful, but in my mind, nothing takes advantage of HD more than than big bold colors. And and that's what gets me really excited about the Wii U is seeing Nintendo games take advantage of that, and and it's almost a shame because the colours aren't so um, don't quite have the same level of contrast and depth to them on the uh, gamepad screen. It's sure. it's impressive that you know you're playing something that looks that good on the little screen, but it doesn't quite have the colour pop. So it's it's almost a shame, and I just want to keep looking at the TV while I'm playing this, but I've got to actually keep looking at the gamepad to do it. But the controls are quite nice. You know, you're doing the... the, the they've um, avoided the temptation to do what some PS Vita and 3DS games have done, where they essentially force you to stand up and spin around the room like an idiot, trying to mm. shoot at stuff um, using the motion controls. And they actually use the sticks in conjunction with the tilt control to give you a better level of control so that you can still play this quite comfortably sat down or, or, or you know, if you want to stand, you can. Um, but you don't have to spin around 360 degrees and all this bullshit. You get this because you can use the left stick to turn your viewpoint left and right um, while also using the tilt just to get the fine-tuning aiming in. And it works quite well. Yeah, and then... Uh... And that one multiplayer, the sword people get to just look at the TV too, so you can have the uh, the Lots TV experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sword parts a lot like um, Skyward Sword, but a little more simplified. It was a good time. Uh, and what do you think of the art direction overall in Nintendo Land? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's it's cute. 
Yeah. I don't like little big planet ish. Yeah. I don't like the narrator intro tutorial robot girl. Oh, I've never seen that. They didn't. Yeah, they've got this this robot girl thing that uh, just constantly bothers you to tell (laughs) you stuff. And she's got this awful like they're trying to make her sound like a robot, but it's just this awful whiny monotone droning. It sounds horrible. Like there's no personality there. You feel really cold and distant. Um, like she's a bad uncle come home <laughs> come home from prison to ruin Christmas again and and that's leaves you a bit cold but you know the games are cute the the, the, the visuals are nice um, and the game does so far what it's supposed to do which is just show off the tech uh, mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not grabbed to me by the balls and, and 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 or anything but it's it's given me some interesting stuff so far. Yeah, from what I've heard, they're testing out a lot of their ideas. There's a recent interview with uh, Miyamoto who said all his basic ideas for another Metroid are in the Metroid game there, and he'd want to kind of expand on them and, of course, make it more traditional Metroid art direction and make it a big game. Uh, the basics are in the Metroid Blast, I think it's called. Oh, yes, yeah, so I gave that a go. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Takes With- a lot of getting used to, but there's potential there. Maybe not quite as overboard as they went with all the multiple um, input stuff, but there's mm-hmm. definite potel- potential in a lot of these the stuff they're tinkering with. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, in terms of the new Super Mario Brothers U, how does that compare with to new Super Mario Brothers Two so far? Yeah. Um, you can tell where all the effort went. Where'd it go? Uh, not to Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> that's what I... Which was a good game. That's what I was saying. Yeah, two, it was two fine. Was a good game. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't deviate anywhere. It just did what it was going to do, which was just be a solid, fun little Mario thing, but have no ambition. And you can tell they were saving all of the actual clever level design and stuff. And, and for this and one, ideas. Yeah. yeah, like the the so far, like again, I've only you know I'm on world two so far, um, and already I've seen more original stuff in that first world than I did in the entirety of uh, New yeah. Mario Brothers two, um, so that's been enjoyable. Again, it's it, it is what it is. But yeah, you, yeah, you can't expect a, a whole new yeah. You buy it, it's going to be mm-hmm. you buy it expecting more of the same with some. You know, extra twists, and that's what you're gonna get. And there's there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And and so far, it's it's been enjoyable. It's been a nice little oh, laugh. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pretty bummed out when they announced Super Mario Brothers Two so close to New Super Mario Brothers U, because it just uh, it kind of exhausted people already, and people saw how kind of run of the mill New Super Mario Brothers Two looked, and then just assumed that the Wii U game was the same stuff and it was just very easy to make a two second assessment of what they were doing and, and get bored before you'd even played it, which which I thought was kind of a bad marketing move. Kinda of left um, a bad rap for new Super Mario Brothers U that it didn't yeah. need. So hope that gets undone. Because it seems like a pretty good game. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the best thing about the Wii U. Yeah. Is now the Wii had this, you know, it had a little speaker on the controller. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sounds could come through. That was always maybe I'm just an easy to please simpleton, but nothing gave me greater joy than when sounds came out of that Wii remote. 
It's pretty fun. That was yeah. one of the best features. Yeah, I loved console. it. Just like when you're playing New Super Mario Brothers and the applause would come out of it, or No More Heroes, you get the phone calls through it. Um, <laughs> uh, so far, no one's, you know, none of the games I've played have done that. But one thing they do do, which is awesome, is if you have the volume up on the gamepad, you can set the volume. Um, if you have it up, the music that comes through on the TV. The backing is coming from the controller. Oh, really? Yeah, not in a way that, you know, renders the the TV one unlistenable without it. It just adds this extra bit of percussion to it, so it kind of joins in with the music. Um, Sometimes they're just playing the same sounds, and that's not so impressive, but, like, I've noticed in menu screens and in sort of other areas of of games, you'll just get, like, just little... just little bits of percussion and and little backing string sounds and stuff coming out of the really loves their menus so Mm, much and their background music and their background yeah Mm -hmm. but it's again maybe i'm just easily pleased but that little touch has made me really enjoy myself that's awesome that's the the little things that nintendo often does that you know, they're not show-stopping or impressive, but they get people just feeling like, this is a little bit different than other stuff I've got. Makes feel special. It's nice. It's nice to feel special. I want one of those we use. Getting pretty excited about it now, Jamie. Good good job. You psyched me up. Yeah. Well, well so far I'm... Yeah. I'm so far I'm very... Not bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm not disappointed so far. Um, you know, good I'd already... Start. Yeah, solid start. I wanted... To, I, I haven't got it. I don't. I would assume they'd send it, um, but I'm waiting to see how that zombie U turns out. That's the one oh, that's. Yeah. That's the one that I think a lot of people are kind of most intrigued by, because mm-hmm. um, it's the first really like original non-ported. Um, I don't want to say funny. hardcore, but you know, oh, that know you mean. game, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. third-party game game you know yeah um, the kind of game nintendo wouldn't make on nintendo console yeah. which is always kind of a special thing Pl- yeah plus i want to see how a first person game feels on that because i have a feeling the wii u gamepad's going to be a it's going to have a lot easier time with with first person titles than it does with third person uh, action ones so mm. i'm interested to see that i'd like to see an fps running on it I'd like to see Zombie U. I know that's not strictly an FPS. So I'd like to see that running on it. Um, we'll see. It's pretty strictly, from what I played of it, uh, Zombie U only goes to third person when you, uh, like in real time, you have to get stuff out of your backpack and stuff. Yeah, you have to fiddle with stuff, person. yeah. Yeah, but that's, you know, every time you're doing action, it was it was first person. And I guess there's a big twist in it that they recently revealed. Um, they didn't reveal what the twist was, but they said, get ready to have your mind blown. Yeah, it's going to be me at the end as Voldemort. <laughs> that would make me see, feel, yeah, that would make me feel so great. That'd be great, guys. Yeah. Is it time for questions already? Why not? You want well, to do I mean, questions? You guys, is there more stuff you want to talk about? If, if you guys want I'll, to I'll talk, talk about, about video games. I've, I've oh. reviewed uh, uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star, and I've got. Pokédex 3D Pro. I could talk about those things, but we're kind of Nintendoed out at this point, aren't we? People are sick of Nintendo, I'm sure. A lot of people don't like Nintendo. I'm sure that was really hard for them to hear the Nintendo talk. They want more. Do they? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll just I say, yeah, the Mario sticker stars uh, pretty good. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's funny to just say stuff that's totally worthless. Uh, yeah, if you like to. That's why people like listening to this show. It's two hours of it. <laughs> yeah, it is an interesting game, though. Uh, it's it gonna put off a lot of Paper Mario fans from N64 and the GameCube game because it's very different than that. It is turn-based combat, but other than that, it's not like a typical role-playing game in any way. Not that role-playing games always have turn-based combat, but anyway, that's all other kettlefish. Uh, yeah, it's just a collecting stickers and killing things game and finding weird little secrets and getting stuck on environmental puzzles, like, a lot. Tons of people on the press were stuck, and a few of them even emailed me asking me how to get through parts, um, which is pretty rare. That's never happened to me before. It was really hard. There was a, I was stumped on a lot of the puzzles as well. And I've been playing video games all my whole life, 35, so it's not like there's a lot of... That um, doesn't happen to me very often. Most of the time, it's a puzzle in a game. It's just a variation on something I've already seen. But yeah, yeah it's hard to find all the objects, and you need to find them to pro- progress. And the bosses had weird strategies sometimes. It was a really interesting game. Uh, not always... Maybe it was even too hard sometimes. Maybe I should have put that in the review. Because it, it did feel daunting. Uh, but I also had the review pressure on me, so that can make things seem harder than they are. That happened, yeah. Huh. And uh, Pokédex, uh, I didn't think it was going to be so interesting. Pokédex 3D Pro. Jesus Christ, I can't stop playing Pokédex 3D Pro, guys. Can't stop playing it. Hold it's on. Amazing. Hold on. Yep. Hold on. Where are you going? I've got to go look through my papers. Can you oh, say what you just said? That I can't stop playing it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore with these publishers and their rules. I did give this some forethought. You said in an email, oh, by Tuesday you can write something up, but I haven't had time to do it. Oh, so you did say that once, the I Tuesday. Okay. I'm you remember when you said that, Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> You really said Tuesday, swear to God. Yeah, we should be alright, whatever. Well, I've, yeah. got, I've got the Wii U now, I don't have to keep them sweet anymore. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, there's not much to it, it's just that uh, there, are at least, there are at least 34 different categories of quizzes in Pokédex 3D Pro. Yeah. That just quiz you on your Pokémon knowledge and facts. They're freaking awesome. Oh, They're so cool. good, these quizzes. Jesus. <laughs> Who knew? This is we're going to be like the best thing that's happened to me. All Said week. almost furiously. <laughs> yeah. How dare yeah. they? And they do it. They'll they'll just have the screen be totally black, and you just hear, <laughs> and you're like, guess which Pokemon that was. And then when you actually, exactly. And I'm like, Gengar's gone. And then when you're right, it feels freaking fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of different variations on how they ask you questions and keep it interesting. And um yeah, I really didn't think I would care, but it's actually hard to put down. Quizzes are fun, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Conrad, what have you been playing? Uh, I just finished up my other game that I'm reviewing, so I get to write that. That'll be up next week. But um, I played the demo for Karateka today, which is kind of neat. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm, look I mean, right. I don't know if it's got longevity. Like, I don't know if I want to do it for a long time. 
but the little bit that I played was you know, fun. I mean, it isn't really any different from Assassin's Creed's combat. Really? The new Karateka? Tekka? Yeah, it's the same thing. You just wait for a guy to attack, you press a button to, def- to defend. Now, they'll have some different attack animations that will attack multiple times, you know, so they'll do like a one-hit thing or a two-hit thing, so you might have to block twice. But then you pummel him until the camera switches again to let you know, hey, he's about to attack again, and then you press the B button to block st- until you beat the guy down, and then you run onto the next area. It sounds kind of uh, like QTE-ish with a little bit of punch out in there that well, sounds but that's what karateka was that's I mean, not how i remember it for for people who don't know that was an old commodore 64 game apple with incredible II. animation apple 2 as well yep with a really really good animation for the time really fluid um and it's just a game where you run and then find a guy with a skull mask on and then punch him until he dies and then run to the next guy. And every once in a while you have to like not get killed by spikes that drop from the ceiling. And Really awesome twist ending, too. Do you remember the ending of the original one, Conrad? Um, vaguely. I know there's a twist, but I don't remember what it is. It's really awesome. Have you played it, Jim? Is it like Curiosity Cube? Isn't it like the, the Princess a, a Man or something? Or? Uh, something like that. You, I'll, you beat up the last guy, and it's really, really hard at that point. Because it's a, a fighting game where you can punch and kick, and you can change the speed of your punches and kicks. So it's similar to Street Fighter, but you can't jump, and you, you, you never know. You're going to try to punch a guy, and before you know it, he kicks you in the face. And it's high, low, and medium. It was a pretty hard game, I thought. And at the end... And you get to the princess, and you're all excited. But the whole game, you want to walk in your fighting stance because if you run, you get hit. If you get hit while you're running, you you die in one hit. So uh, you can walk or run, and you you want to be walking most of the time. Can you so walk I... in a buffalo stance? <laughs> There'll be another hilarious cultural joke next week. That was a good joke. It was the yeah. delivery that that made it. Um, if you walk up to the princess who you're saving. In your fighting stance, she thinks you're an enemy and instantly kills you. You have to run to her like you do in romantic movies, how they run to each other. And if you run, she embraces you and you kiss. It's cute. And that's me spoiling Karateka. Sorry, Conrad. You were trying to talk. That's a dick move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this feels a little simple based on what little is there. Now, you have like a stun move that you can use to just really do a quick pummel instead of having to dick around and waiting for the guy to attack. But... Mm. You know, it's pretty, and it's got that sense of drama that the original one has. You know, it keeps cutting back to what's going on in the palace. And Oh, cool. Yeah. I really loved that okay. game. Yeah, I loved the original, so now I'm excited to play that one. Great I job. was saying, by the way, the game was doing a dick move, not you, Jonathan. Didn't want oh, you to think I, I was I being was... all accusatory. Oh, I felt like a real dick that whole time. I oh. felt like a terrible person, so I'm not that bad. I, I always feel like a dick. Yours. <laughs> There'll be another hilarious penis joke next week as well. I was going to do a GameCube commercial pitch, but I think I'll save it to next week because it, it's all in my head and it's 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 pretty weird. It's pretty long, maybe too, and people well, are getting You haven't asked for questions yet, have you? No. Let me I, ask. Them. No, 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 don't because it's late. Okay. And I really should be going. Um, but and I, I apologize if people want to ask stuff this week, but I really should be getting going. But we can have the GameCube commercial and close no, on that. I can't do it. But someone did. I really, my heart. My well, heart let's do this then. Scared. 
Yeah? I'm scared. Okay, well, if we're not going to do GameCube commercial this week, we'll do that next week. Don't worry, listeners, you're not going to be cheated. Um, you're not going to be cheated like Romney was out of his rightful win. Um, let's ask this guy's thing so that at least someone in America can get some justice unlike Mitt Romney. Yeah. Some guy named Volte Squirrel asked me this morning a Podtoid question. He was all excited to ask. Oh, yeah, that. he was. Um, he won the first one yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He asked, uh, I don't have the question in front of me, but I'll paraphrase. He said, what are some genres of games you hate, and is there any game in that genre that you like, even though it's not that different on the surface or, or otherwise than, than the games you hate? Do you guys have an answer for that? Is there any genre that, maybe not hate, but that you like less than other genres as a rule? And then there's a game that... Yeah, I think hate's, hate's a tough one because... I know, me too. You know, there are just ones that I don't enjoy, but I, I, I can't hate them because it's not their fault. It's just not my taste. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could say sports games are one, you know, that's the one I've got the most dislike for, but... I used to enjoy a lot of wrestling games, and I guess they're also sports games. Um, Smack- mm. Smackdown on the PS2 was a big go-to game for me. So You don't like fighting games either, and that's kind of where fighting games and sports yeah. games meet. Yeah. yeah, so fighting games... Again, it's not that I don't like fighting games, I just can't play them. Mm. Um, yeah. It's just... And and even in that genre, I could say Primal Rage, I've still got a really big soft spot for. Which Money shows War you- 1, I love that game. But Which that's one? like the only f- Bloody Roar, the original. PS1. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I love that the game. Bloody Roar. <laughs> um, Eternal Champions as well is another one I've got. Oh top. yeah, Sega Genesis. Yeah, and mm. I'll tell you what. When I see Rise of the Robots, I will play it. It's not good. I, I don't get me wrong. It's awful. But if there is Rise of the Robots happening somewhere. I will probably end up playing it, and I, I'll, I'll at least every now and then watch YouTube plays of it, just out of nostalgia. Brian May soundtrack, right? I believe so, yeah. I so think there was weird. some bullshit, like, they promised Brian May, and he did, like, maybe one tune or something. Yeah, yeah. He was a guitarist for Queen, who people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, sports games, also a genre I don't tend to get into, but I used to love Cyberball on the Genesis, which is just football with robots. And that made me want everything to just have robots in it. So that was good. Mutant League football. It's all right. Oh, yeah. I liked Arc Rivals a little bit. It was a basketball game by the, the people who made Xenophobe, which is an old uh, arcade game. Those are good. What other genres do I not really like? I like first-person shooters, but I don't like competitive ones that much. But I'm just not competitive by nature. I like the competitive mode in uh, Metroid Prime 2 a little bit. I like Metroid. It was alright. Yeah, I guess that's all I got for an answer at the moment. Conrad, you got any feelings? Uh, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really in a competitive multiplayer either. Um, there are, a f- I, I did, though, find Modern Warfare really compelling for about three months. And I think it was just because okay. that was my first real introduction to that kind of a progression system. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you put a carrot in front of someone and, yeah, so, yeah, that, that that took up some time. But after I sort of saw that and did that, I wasn't really interested in them again. So I don't know that uh, it was really, it's certainly not an exception anymore. Um, I don't particularly care for the voxel-based building games. 
Oh, you mean like Minecraft? Like or? Minecraft and that sort of stuff. I just, I'm not, I'm not into it. I, by and large, don't particularly like games that make me make my own fun. Mm. But now, do, do you like 3 game heroes? Yes, but that's mm. not really the same thing at all. You had to make a little guy, though. No, you didn't. It came with a whole bunch of standard ones. And I had a community of people watching me play it that made other ones for me, so I didn't have to do any of that crap. Oh, See, that that's good. the key. Mm-hmm. If I don't have to do <laughs> something distasteful, then it's fine. I didn't. They didn't force me to make anything there. There were characters there, and I could just play it. I forgot that My mistake. So yeah, I don't like to be. I don't like to have to have um, the fun exist only in making things. You know, or having to make it fun, and sure. so some other people's servers and things like that. But then, yeah, it's just tedious to me. Well, you know, you get into a game to see well, what kind of ideas they got for me, and then when they're like, "Give us your ideas," you're like, "Oh, that makes sense to me." I don't have ideas. Do you have so many <laughs> ideas, you goofball? Your idea packed. Your your regular brainiac. <laughs> No, yes, you're me. confusing. You're confusing creativity with my my carefully manicured web of popular culture references. <laughs> oh, I, color me fooled, because I've been thinking this whole time you're a smart guy. No, yeah. no, just seen a lot of TV. <laughs> oh, and uh, let's tell everyone my new idea that I had. Okay. I've been working on Teenage Pokemon. I actually have a glimmer of optimism that something is going to come out by Christmas for it. I recorded a bunch of acting for it, and it was weird. And uh, there's not one, not two, but three animators working on it now. And if they're listening, hi, guys. It's uh, Michael, Ben, and Brock. They seem very nice. Um, but then this morning, I was waking up, and I was all confused. And I was there's one story in uh, Teenage Pokemon, which, for those who don't know, it's... Um, the middle evolution of Pokemon. They're teenagers, and they act like teenagers on the internet a lot. It's kind of a spoof of them. And they're real horny, and they talk to girls, and it doesn't go over well, and I'm still working out that dialogue. But I I thought, wouldn't it be funny if then they just turned over and there's a ditto over there that's like, hey, I'll fuck you. Because, you know, if you know Pokemon, ditto will have sex with anything, male or female. It's just an amorphous blob of purple goo. And then, uh, not coincidentally, I don't think, I think it was fate. Someone on Twitter was like, you should have Jim Sterling do all the voices for your show. And I was like, Jim Sterling should be Ditto. And just have its own show called Ditto's Gotta Have It. Jim (laughs) was just talking about... I love that title. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Just you saying whatever you want is Ditto. Just a sexy purple blob of, you know, you can just form a dragon tongue dildo out of your face if yeah. you want if you're ditto you'd be like, come on boys you know it'd be awesome like the idea like the idea not as big a fan of the guy on twitter who said well jim just looks like a ditto anyway <laughs> you, that, that was mean that's not what made me think of it to me ditto is the uh the the symbol of endless possibility sexual and otherwise and jim sterling you've shown me on this podcast that you can make anything possible you are magic. But 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 not sexual or otherwise. Just sexual. <laughs> oh, no, that would be doing you a disservice. You've you're very creative. That's true. It's a, sexually. A, a, occasionally murderous as well. <laughs> sexual and murderous. That's me. 
<laughs> That's the kind of Ditto character I'd like to see. So hopefully I can make enough episodes of the show to the one where Ditto shows up. I actually want Ditto to be in like a sexy YouTube video for the YouTube episode. So maybe we can do that. That would be fun. I've already asked uh, Linspot to try to design a Ditto character for you, Jim. So maybe it'll happen. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I've been into this idea of yours for a while, and any help you require, ask for my great. services. My dream is to make enough episodes that I can just stop making them, and it'll be established, and it won't be as much work once it's already established. So then I can just hand it over to you in Mexicoville, and you can just do whatever you want and make it a huge success. That'd be fun. But I got like six episodes planned. Meanwhile, I'm writing yeah. a musical about your ass. <laughs> I've been working on an actual song and I'm not even joking I've got the lyrics it's going to be fantastic, you're going to love it it's basically Charlie and the Chocolate Factory but instead of a chocolate factory it's your ass and instead of any of the characters it's me in your ass (laughs) wow Wow. No. the working title is Charlie and the Chocolate Vasectomy Vasectomy is when um, you sever the part of the male genitalia so you can no longer... I know, I know, and I, and I have literally no way of, of working that into the story I've got planned out, but I like the title too much. It does have a ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Yeah. we're about ready to wrap up. I know I am. It's dark and oh, warm you've done in the it. office. Thank you, Jim. I, pre- I appreciate it. You what done. have I done? You did the show with us, man. Oh. Great. Oh. Hi. Ha ha. Um, um, what are we doing? Fuck November. It's oh, it's been a working nightmare. Busier mm. this year than last year, and I've had less reviews to do. Just I thought a bigger staff would be less work for me. Turns out it's more work, <laughs> which which is uh, totally logical and should have been expected. But there you go. It's been. I, I enjoy working hard, though. It's just. It makes me not know how to win podcasts. Mm. Um, thanks for listening. That's a good yeah, start. That's a good start for the end. Thank you for yeah. listening. And Jonathan, if, if if they want to catch more of the stuff you've been doing this this week, where the fuck can they go? They can go to the destructor.com. I've got that Paper Mario review. It's all right. I wish it were better, to be honest, but it's a, it's a good read, I hope. It's got some information in there. Find out if you want the pretty much the only big-name 3DS game coming out um, this holiday season. That and uh, Virtue's Last Reward, but that's got a pretty small appeal. Though it's a very good game, from what Tony Ponce tells me. Anyway, so there's that, and this Sunday we will have James Montagna, I believe it's pronounced, from Way Forward Studios. He is working on the Adventure Time game for the DS and the 3DS. So that'll be fun to figure out how he managed to get that job, because that would be such an awesome job, and just figure out where he's at in terms of game development and what it's like to work on a licensed game with a huge audience already, and a little bit more about WayForward in general, because for people who don't know, they're this really strange studio to me they're they they've found uh, a niche in the the industry that's unique because they end up being given really weird license games to do all the time like blood rain and double dragon neon and uh silent hill book of memories which you reviewed jim uh but then they make original games all the time too that have a pretty small following that that still make a ton of money they they've got really um mostly 2d graphics like uh, puzzle platformers that aren't 
um, all that strange. They're they're pretty kind of mainstream almost. They just feel like 16-bit games that are being made now. And uh, yeah, they're huge success. The studio's growing all the time. So that'll be fun to talk to him about all that on Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we've got the podcast version of last week's up homes with Dennis and Jonathan from uh, Denaton, Denaton Studios who made Hotline, Hotline Miami. Miami. What a weird time that was. They were very fun to talk to. They were drinking boxed wine in Wish Sweden. I could get the damn thing on YouTube. People are watching it on Twitch though. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah the, the creator of uh, Antichamber was watching it. Said yeah, Alexander good. Bruce was trying to find out where it was. I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. And you were saying, uh, Conrad, that it seems like smaller game developers are just using Sub Holmes as a place to hang out now, it sounds like. Well, it, it was interesting. I mean, there was there had to have been 15 indie developers and publisher people and so forth just hanging out in the channel during the show, interacting, talking to each other, talking to... Well, bringing questions in for you and community people. Adding, it was fun. It was a great show, actually. Oh, I like that's good. This, I, li- I like it. It's fun. I'm enjoying <laughs> the sort of high of, hey, people are interested in coming and hanging out at this place to watch this thing we're doing. Yeah, that's very flattering. And oh, speaking of that, if you want to come and hang out in the, the chat, I'm going to try to give away Hotline Miami codes this week because I had some from last week, but got so caught up in the conversation I totally forgot. So that'll be fun. Talk about Adventure Time, get Hotline Miami codes. Good times. And I think that's all I got. You got anything, Conrad? You doing? Uh, doing that. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl's out on uh, Xbox 360 this week finally. So, you know, this is like the week after I said, oh, I'll figure out if the Genesis I can be hooked up. I figured out how to do all of that crap. And then found out that Toe Jam and Earl was coming out this week, and so it was like, <laughs> screw it. So, so that's going to uh, be on Hangover? That's going to be on Hangover, along with the uh, Xbox Live Indie Games demos for the week. And uh, then uh, next week, I've got, yay, good review times. I'm going to have a big secret review. Secret game? Eh, I don't know how secret it is, but I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. So. Yeah, I'll keep it secret just in case. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Let's keep go. it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> Hot... Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Oh, oh, fuck. Um, what have I done? It's it's all a blur now. Uh, I did a review. Yeah. I did a review of Little Big Planet Karting, mm-hmm. and someone was upset because we can do subheaders now, and I like to do fun little jokes and puns for the subheaders, and mm-hmm. someone got upset because I I really didn't know what else to put, so I just put Little Big Planet Karting, um, not quite. Uh, up, up to, to speed. speed. Uh huh. Yeah, it was awful. But the only other option was Shittle Big Planet Sharting. Um, <laughs> but that made the game sound worse than it is. So I didn't want to do that because I wanted to at least speak of the game's quality in some way. Um, so I couldn't. So I went with the awful one. But that's up. That's on Destructoid.com, as is a review of Lucius, 
which had a brilliant subheader, which was a bad omen. I'm very proud of that one. Oh, that's that what good. it is. It's a bad omen. That's what the game is. It's based on the omen, and it's bad. Um, love the idea, you know, you little demon boy, and you got to kill people, but they just fucked it up. Um, but, you know, decent little review. You can read that if you want. Lucius on Destructor.com. Um, over on EscapistMagazine.com, The Escapist. My new Jimquisition was up on Monday. That was called In the Hall of the Mountain Dew. Um, which is about sponsorship of games, you know, Halo being sponsored by Doritos and Mountain Dew and, and Uncharted being sponsored by Subway and all this stuff and, and how that conflicts with the, the image of the poverty-stricken game industry that some of the richest players in the industry um, want to put out there. So that's a good video. That's done really well, actually. That's really spread around the internet. So thank you for that. That show, the Junquisition, has been like, had a record month last month and Oh, awesome. Really good. So to any of you guys who listen to Podtoid and also watch that show, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. That's become probably the, the most successful running thing I've done, and I'm very pleased with that and glad that I can still do it, and The Escapist wants me to still do it. And and then more video content is coming to The Escapist soon, non-video game related. That's still happening. People have asked where that is. Um, yeah, I've got a movie... Um, show coming uh, just waiting for the assets to come together so I can redo the pilot and, and that should be done otherwise we'll be back here next week doing the same old bollocks uh, so come back for that if you want God, bye everybody bye good job so tired you did good though uh, up all night watching the stupid election oh that I forgot that Obama happened. wouldn't come out and talk so I could go to bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I come out and say it's all right. You can all go to bed now.